Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number four of Revelation chapter three. And we're presently reading verse two, which says, Be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. For I have not found thy works perfect before God. We've been looking at the statement, be watchful, in our last couple of studies. And it directed us to uh, passages where the Lord spoke of no man knowing the day or hour. And then he would say, watch therefore. And we learn from that that uh, it is God's program, not that man would be able to decipher or to discern the times and seasons that God has set in his own power and under his own control and and somehow figure them out uh, as a result of man's um, ability and and his intelligence. No, the Bible says it's not of man to know the times or seasons, but the Lord commanded his people to watch in the Bible, in the word of God, because it was his plan at the time of the end to open up the scriptures and to reveal these things concerning the end of the church age, the timeline of the great tribulation, and even the day of judgment itself to his people that were watching in the Bible. And and this is what the Bible means when it says no man knows the day or hour. Of course, no man does, but the Bible also reveals that God's people will know uh, due to the fact that God will show them. He will open their understanding to those things once the time of the end arrives. Well, we, we've looked at that, and now we're going to move on to the next statement in verse 2 of Revelation 3 which says, and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. And we we wonder as we read this, now, uh, what is God talking about exactly when he says, strengthen the things which remain? And we think about it and we say, okay, we, we would like to do this obediently and to uh, obey what God is saying. Yet, what things uh, is he speaking of? We don't exactly know what he's talking about. What things remain that are ready to die? Well, as we read this, we suspect that people are in view because the things which remain are ready to die. And and it is people that are ready to die. It's people that the Bible is concerned about who, due to their sins, have already died spiritually and and it's just a matter of them dying physically before they experience the second death and eternal destruction. And and so uh, the Bible's great concern is people that are ready to die. It's why God sent forth the gospel into the world to seek and find his elect and and to recover them, to restore their souls before that point of death came upon them and and that actually was the whole battle between the kingdom of heaven and the kingdom of satan 
as Satan attempted to prevent the gospel from reaching those elect and uh, before that they died. It was Satan's desire that they do die without salvation if only he could prevent God from completing his salvation plan from reaching just one of those that he predestinated to become saved, then Satan could have claimed victory over God. And yet he was never able to do it. God always worked things out in every generation that somehow that gospel would reach one of those chosen individuals, no matter where they were on the earth, and no matter at what point of time uh, they were in their life. Remember, even the thief on the cross, who happened to be one of God's elect, the Lord waited and waited and waited until the last moments of that man's life to save him, at which point? At the point of death, when he was ready to die. It was certain death, actually, as he would soon expire and die on the cross uh, along with the other thief. But the Lord strengthened him, we could say, with his salvation before that happened. And that's how God has worked things with all whose names were written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Uh, we can be sure that uh, that everyone heard the gospel and God saved each one before the moment of death came and and they left this world. Well, this is what the Lord is is commanding those in the church at Sardis and also to all churches throughout the church age. And of course, we can also take uh, admonition from this that we uh, strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Now, let's look more closely at each of these statements. And before we look at the word strengthen, let's first look at the statement, the things which remain. And we have to understand what that is referring to before we'll fully understand the word strengthen. The things which remain, well, the word remain is Strong's number 3062, translated as loipa, or also loipus, uh, if I'm pronouncing it right in English, it, it's similar to that. And this word, uh, the Greek word here translated as remain, is also translated as remnant, or as the rest, and also as others. It's, it's found in Acts 27, verse 44. And let me turn there. This is the shipwreck. The prisoners and, and the Roman soldiers experienced shipwreck with the Apostle Paul. And it says in verse 43, But the centurion, willing to save Paul, kept them from their purpose and commanded that they which could swim should cast themselves first into the sea and get to land. And the rest, some on boards and some on broken pieces of the ship. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. And the word rest in verse 44 is the same Greek word. Uh, the previous verse spoke of those that could swim, and and they 
uh, jumped into the sea and swam to land, but there were others that could not swim the rest, uh, the remnant, the remaining ones. And they escaped on boards and broken pieces of the ship, and, and everyone that was on board that ship survived and all made it safely to the island of Malta. So we see how the word is used, and it's referring to people. In 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, it says in verse 6, Therefore, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. And the word others here is is again a translation of the same Greek word we have uh, as remain in Revelation 3, 2. Let us not sleep as do the rest or, or the, the others, but let us watch and be sober. Again, referring to people. Now, just one more place in Revelation chapter 12, verse 17. And the dragon was wroth with the woman and went to make war with the remnant of her seed, which keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And uh, once again, the word we're looking at is remnant. And it's referring to uh, believers here. Now, the word does not always refer to true believers. It is a word that is used by God to refer to another group of people, mostly uh, the the rest of them or the remnant of them. It's the word, for instance, in Revelation 9, verse 20, after we read of the 200 million horsemen slaying the third part. It says there, and the rest of the men which were not killed by these plagues yet repented not of the works of their hands. And, and you see, God is dealing with one group, the third part, and then he turns his attention to the rest, those that remain. And in this case, it would be the people, unsaved people outside of the churches. So the word in itself does not tell us if the focuses on saved or unsaved, but on the remnant, on the rest, uh, the rest of the people. And that's what it's saying here in Revelation 3, 2. And strengthen the things which remain, or strengthen the ones, the remnant which remain, or strengthen uh, the others. And we also know it's people from the next statement that's made in uh, as it continues, that are ready to die. And, and again, it's people that are ready to die. Let's look at a couple of places where the word ready is used, the same word, in conjunction with dying. One place is Luke chapter 7, where there was a centurion whose servant was sick, and he sent... Uh, a messenger, a servant to the Lord Jesus, that uh, his servant might be healed. And then when he, he does finally approach the Lord, he admits he's not worthy, even though, interestingly enough, the Jews uh, had spoken on his behalf to Christ by saying that he is worthy because he loves our nation and has built us a synagogue. And, you know, there there is the difference between the Jewish leaders and and their religious system, which 
tries to make men worthy in God's sight and the true gospel of the Bible as God brings his word and and his word um, impacts the inward being, the heart of a man and convinces that man of sin. The the religious system of Israel and the religious system of our churches today, they attempt to convince uh, God that individuals are worthy. He is worthy, O Lord, because he has accepted you. He is worthy because he he gives great and many gifts to our church. He is worthy because he has been baptized or because... Um, he has partaken of the Lord's table. He is worthy. No, no, no. What does the Bible tell us? None is righteous. None is good. And from that, we can understand that none is worthy. And the centurion understood this, this Gentile, this Roman. He realized this because God was truly working in his heart and in his life. And he he confesses he's not he's not saying anything that's not true. It is a truthful statement as he tells the Lord in uh, let's see. uh, He says here that he is not worthy in verse six. Then Jesus went with them. And when he was now not far from the house, the centurion sent friends to him, saying unto him, Lord, trouble not thyself, for I am not worthy that thou shouldest enter under my roof. And the Lord uh, is impressed by this. Of course, we know that it's God moving and willing within this person to come to this realization of himself. Yet still, it is something that has become a part of him. God recognizes the works of his people, whether good or bad, even though if it's a good work, he is the one instrumental in moving that individual to do that particular work. And here he recognizes and is impressed that the centurion sends a servant and doesn't want Christ to come personally, but to speak from afar, because he is a soldier that says to one, go and he goeth, and to another, come and he cometh. And it is through his word that spoken with authority that things get done within the army. And likewise, he recognizes the authority of the word of Christ to speak and to accomplish his will, to perform the doing of it. And he only would have the Lord to speak, to heal his servant. And that's what Christ does. But here uh, we're looking at the word ready. And it says in verse two of Luke seven, and a certain centurion servant who was dear unto him was sick and ready to die. And and we we see how these words, ready to die, are very uh, much the same that we find in our verse in Revelation 3, 2. Strengthen the things which remain and are ready to die. And it's referring to a man uh, historically that was physically ill and at the point of death and Yet spiritually, we know that all the healings of Christ were done in order to paint the picture, to give us the illustration of what the Lord does when he heals a sin-sick soul. And uh, to be ready to die 
is really spiritually describing a sinner in his sins in a very fragile condition because he could die at any moment and and his eternal fate would be sealed. Now, again, this is speaking of the time in the day of salvation when there was a great urgency and necessity for the gospel to go out in order that these people that that are or were God's elect here and become saved. Now, we're living in a different time. We we might uh, want and greatly desire it still to be the day of salvation, but we must uh, acknowledge and recognize God's program. It's not our program. It's not according to our wants and our desires and how we would have things to be. It's according to the will of God. And and it is the will of God that he end the church age and that he end salvation when judgment began at the house of God and they drank of the cup of his wrath. And it's the will of God that he end his salvation program for this world when judgment transitioned to the, to all the earth and upon all the inhabitants and and they then begin to drink of the cup of the wrath of God in this day of judgment. And we, the people of God, who have been um, recipients of his grace, all we can say is, uh, not our will but thine be done. We continue to pray for others. We continue to beseech the Lord as always and to share truth. But we also acknowledge in our role as a doorkeeper that we cannot hold the door open any longer according to the will of God because God has shut it. And what he has shut, none can open, no matter how we would desire it to be so. And and therefore, uh, to be a true doorkeeper, we must uh, we must recognize and also share that truth that the door to heaven the the Lord Jesus Christ, the entryway into the kingdom of God is now closed. Well, going back to our verse, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Let's just look at one more passage with this word ready. Um, the Greek word translated as ready in, in association with death in John chapter four. It says in verse 46. And I'll, I'll start reading there. So Jesus came again into Cana of Galilee, where he made the water wine. And there was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. When he heard that Jesus was come out of Judea into Galilee, he went unto him and besought him that he would come down and heal his son, for he was at the point of death. Now here at the point of is the uh, English translation of the same Greek word translated as ready. He was ready to die at the point of death. And it continues in verse 48. Then said Jesus unto him, Except ye see signs and wonders, ye will not believe. The nobleman saith unto him, Sir, come down ere my child die. And Jesus saith unto him, Go thy way, thy son liveth. And the man believed the word that Jesus had spoken unto him, and he went his way, 
And as he was now going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Thy son liveth. Then inquired he of them the hour when he began to amend. And they said unto him, Yesterday at the seventh hour the fever left him. So the father knew that it was at the same hour in which Jesus said unto him, Thy son liveth, and himself believed, and his whole house. And again, we have this beautiful picture of salvation of an individual, of a boy, who was at the point of death. He was ready to die. But it was God's plan of all time. that This was the will of God for this individual, that he not die physically at this time, but that the Lord heal him with his word from a distance, and he was healed. And I'm sure that the father rejoiced and the whole family rejoiced at this miraculous healing of the Lord Jesus Christ, which again pictures the healing of of God in saving a sinner from death. And all salvation is saving a sinner who is at the point of death. And no matter where we were in age in our life, whether we were a child when we became saved or a teenager or an older adult or an old man or woman, we were at the point of death because we live in the valley of the shadow of death. And any day, anyone could die. And and so... Uh, It was always an urgent matter that the gospel go forth and and reach the lost sinners of the world. Urgent from our perspective, uh, but of course we also had the confidence that God would never allow one of his elect individuals to die without first experiencing salvation. That's the confidence we had in the mighty ability of God to seek and to find his lost sheep as the good shepherd. And now we have confidence that he has found them all, that everyone who was uh, to be saved, whose name was recorded in God's book of salvation, uh, or as the Bible says, the Lamb's book of life, has heard the gospel and has become saved and and now that glorious work of God is accomplished, it's completed and finished. Well, here in Revelation 3, 2, strengthen the things which remain, the remnant, that are ready to die. Now, we have a fairly good idea of what this verse is saying. But we just want to take a closer look at the word strengthen. How do you strengthen the remnant? that are ready to die. Well, we we saw that Christ did this with the centurion servant and uh, with, with the man's son who was at the point of death. And actually, we also have the historical example of the Lord saving the thief on the cross, who most certainly was at the point of death, ready to die. It, it was guaranteed in a short while that he would die physically. And yet it so happened that he also was one of those predestinated to salvation. And so the Lord allowed that man to go 
his whole life long, living a sinful life and going a sinful way, and and seemingly when all hope was gone, on the cross when he was being executed for his crimes and his sins, there God chose in his wisdom to save that sinner at the very point of death. There was there was no time to spare. And and this is the direction, the commandment of God to his people within the churches and congregations during the church age. Strengthen the things which remain, that remnant that are ready to die. Now the word strengthen we find in Romans chapter 1 in verse 11. It's used there, translated as established, where it says, For I long to see you, that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift to the end. Ye may be established, or, uh, as we have it in Revelation 3, 2, strengthen. Imparting spiritual gifts will strengthen or establish you. And, of course, spiritual gifts are imparted through the word of God. All of God's blessings, all of his gifts, all of the tremendous riches of Christ are are imparted. They're distributed and given through the Bible. Now, um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 3, it says in verse 2, And sent Timotheus, our brother and minister of God, and our fellow laborer in the gospel of Christ, to establish you. And again, that's the same word. And to comfort you concerning your faith. There is there is strengthening the brethren. And um, in Second Thessalonians 2, in verses 16 and 17, it says, Now our Lord Jesus Christ himself and God, even our Father, which has loved us and given us everlasting consolation and good hope through grace, comfort your hearts and establish you in every good word and work that is strengthen you in every good word and work and in one last place in second peter chapter 1 and in verse 12 it says there wherefore i will not be negligent to put you always in remembrance of these things though ye know them and be established in the present truth or strengthen in the present truth and the truth is Christ, and the truth is the Word of God. Thy Word is truth. It is the Bible that strengthens us. It is the Bible that was sent forth during the whole period when God was saving in order to seek and to find those that God had chosen before the foundation of the world to experience His salvation and and it was the Bible that strengthened their souls with a new born-again heart and a new spirit. And it did this at the point of their death. And and so now we understand what, what the Lord is telling us in this verse, what he is speaking to the churches. He is giving them their commission that they are to go forth, or it's a re affirmation of the great commission to go forth with the gospel because it is the gospel that strengthens sinners in 
their predicament in their miserable condition of being spiritually dead and under the wrath of God. It is only the gospel that can strengthen the remnant that were chosen to the salvation of God. And it did this when it reached them when they were ready to die. 